Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Premier League Roundup. We can't call it the Premier League Roundup because we might get done. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture Football, joined by Ewan Patterson and uh, Benjamin Richardson from What Culture Football to discuss all the weekend's action. Uh, before, before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily football podcasts. Gents, game week two is very nearly finished. We've got Man United Wolves tonight, of course. But uh, I want to talk about this weekend's action. We'll start with you, Ewan. Yep. Are Liverpool going to win the league now? Have ah, Man City already you, slipped up in the title race? I just uh, think VAR is uh, a great <laughs> cosmic restorer of balance. And uh, I'm here for it. It was uh, one second before we started talking about VAR. There's the narrative. <laughs> the narrative yeah. at play is brilliant. Uh, I love the fact that they said, well, what are we going to talk about if we have VAR? Oh, VAR. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, but yes, uh, Man City dropped points at home against Spurs thanks to a handball decision. We'll get to the handball decision. But as a Liverpool fan, I mean, yes. I was there. We were there at Newcastle, Man City uh, last season when Newcastle uh, took points off City and we thought maybe this could be the turning point in the title race. Mm-hmm. Is there any way that this is giving Liverpool fans more hope for this season? No, because <laughs> the the weird thing is it's kind of like a similar story at the moment. You know, Man City, they win by blowing teams away. We just seem to be winning by just gritting teeth and just... We'll have a really bad first half, and then Klopp will get into them in the second half, and then we'll actually play pretty well. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the same story at the beginning of last season, where nothing was quite gelling, but we were still getting wins somehow. And the story over the weekend was the exact same thing again. Uh, yeah. But what I would say is that Man City failed to do that. Mm. Although some would argue I mean, that they didn't fail to do that. Not but on, on, I mean, on this particular did. instance, but if you look at the attempts they had on goal, they had like uh, 18 compared to like yeah. two from Spurs. Well, like it was <laughs> everything. Everything that people spoke about when it came to that game. Yeah. Uh, the Lamella goal mm-hmm. uh, and the Mora goal. All I ever heard the commentator say was, "Well, this is against the run of play." Oh, com- yeah. If the reality of that game was that it was unrelentingly tedious mm-hmm. to watch Man City just hem Spurs into the entire yeah. game, I, I think I must have, I, I must have left the room a couple of times. Those <laughs> must have been the only occasion <laughs> Spurs. Yeah, yeah the, the only time Spurs exited the half because I did not see <laughs> one of their players go beyond the halfway line. It was a bit of a barren. Um, yeah, I'm. You know, I don't support any team in the Premier League. And yet, I don't know why, I really enjoy watching Man City I think have last-minute decisions. I think it's, like <laughs> it's looking at, like it's just a piece. It's like a lion toying with the dead carcass for a while. It's like, oh, this is really grim, but it's also kind of like so disgusting that you can't look away. Mm. Like I you just kind of just... 
enjoy, like you look at the spectacle and you're like, there's something not right about this, but also it's kind of, I can't not look at this. Like mm. this is Spurs, a fantastic Premier League side, Champions League finalists, uh, consistent p- uh, finishes in the top four, and they can't compete with this. I mean, they only competed based off the bag of, you know, pretty, a pretty admittedly hilarious VAR decision. Mm. Um, and also, uh, yeah, two goals. And an Edison mistake as well. I think, I think I've described Man City in the same way, but like when you see a ferocious grand line in a zoo, you think it's really impressive. But once it escapes its cell and runs amok, you start to think, hmm, maybe this isn't the best thing <laughs> for this particular zoo. And that's what's been happening in the Premier League. So you do, we do take great pleasure in seeing them slip up. Any other team, I, well, even with Man City on this occasion, I thought it was... Very, very harsh. Mm. I thought that, as we'll discuss, for laws, ridiculous. Mm. I think it's unfair on them to not win that game, but I was delighted nonetheless. Yes. <laughs> uh, very quickly, before we get onto that decision, how many slip-ups do you think Man City are going to have this season? I, mean, I realise this this isn't going to be the, the moment that we come back to. Well, in theory, it isn't going to be the moment that we come back to at the end of the season to say that was when the, the season changed. But... Mm. Do you think it's going to be as high a scoring season as last year? Because how Liverpool didn't win the league with, what, 97 points, was it? I mean, I, we were for a brief, precious few minutes when Glenn Murray... Uh, I was there with you. Yeah, that was that was a nice little a nice little time. Um, it's it's difficult because I think City, you know, last last season they didn't have De Bruyne. They had company who kind of really stepped up and, you know, that, that game at Leicester basically you know, oh. won them the title. Um they're still. It's, I think they're still at the pinnacle of the. So of the you, Premier I, want, I want to ask you this. Oh, we'll, we'll mention it when we talk about Liverpool in detail. But uh-huh. do you actually think Liverpool are going to struggle to amass as many points themselves this season? Yes, me too. Yeah. So I think I think Man City can afford more slip ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, City so have the strongest squad. They have the, the and the strongest strong second squad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know, Liverpool looking at them now, even though you know you look off the back, they just won the Super Cup. They just uh, beat Southampton. Um, again, Top of the league, aren't you? Yes. Yes, we are. Um, it's, 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 I'm going to save it every moment because, I, again, it's just me. I've been bred for kind of, not disappointment, but also just kind of like I have Pessism, to be, be pragmatic in mm. the sense that you're looking at this squad. It's nowhere near as strong as Manchester City's. It's a, a work in, it's not a work in progress. You know, this is Klopp's identity now on the team, but it's, we can't play football the way Man City do. And I mean that in in all the different ways you can gather that uh, that comment. Uh, De Bruyne looked phenomenal. He was he? incredible. Um, that ball into oh. uh, Aguero. Um, and the one into Sterling. Well, he's, he's, he's a player, he doesn't play percentage balls. He plays mm. 100% accurate balls mm. every time. It's just a question of a strikes being in the right position and softener. He's one of those players who, if I had unlimited money, would always be in my fantasy team. But then he's like, <laughs> yeah. God, I'm Sterling and Salah. And, uh. Anyway, yeah. uh, enough about that. Let's talk about this uh, handball decision and then just generally about the handball rule. Um, ecstatic about the decision, yes. no doubt. But it's nonsense, it's, isn't it's, it? it? You know, it rolls off Laporte's arm uh, as Jesus goes into the bar. It's it's bad. It's not it's, it's bad, not yeah. a handball. Um, the fact that that um, Larice was laughing about it kind of tells you everything you need yeah. to know. Yeah. Yes. Well, the precise law has changed by I've had this this uh, summer. Any goal scored or created with the use of hand or arm will be disallowed this season, even if it's accidental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that that's such a wide scope for, for potential handballs, accidental handball will now include something like an accidental bounce of shoulder, well, slight grazing, anything that's, as it says, unintentional. I don't know why you'd was, necessarily stipulate that. I was going to say this, because this, I feel as though this has been the case in Europe for the past two seasons now. I think James Milner has somehow managed to um, unintentionally handle the ball by having it smacked into his arm at, mm. like, you know, 30 mile an hour before, and, like, you know, that's been given as a penalty before. So yeah. I, you have seen them given in Europe. Well, we saw it against PSG last season yes. in the Man United game as yeah. well. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, 
do you, know, do you know what I find more astonishing, arguably even more than this rule, is the fact that if it hadn't have hit, I don't, can't remember who was marking him, but if it hadn't hit Laporte's arm, but it hit the defender's arm, they wouldn't have given a penalty. Not because mm-hmm. the advantage would have been given to the attacking team. Mm. So it's, I mean, people are moaning about VAR, and we, we, you know, there's a daily discussion in the office about whether we do another VAR video, considering that every weekend we get a, a decision that people are talking about. But this isn't VAR's fault, really, is it? Mm. Although Andy Murray pointed out that without the AR, they wouldn't have spotted it. It's not like they gave the decision yes, in real time. VAR is the ultimate measure of objectivity. Like VAR can only enforce the rules that are present. It's if you, it, Obviously, you can say if it wasn't there, then obviously, you know, who's to say the referee would have spotted that the ball touched Laporte's arm and, you know, um, the penalty, uh, the, the goal would have been disallowed. Um, but VAR can only enforce what the rules are. And to be fair, that's not a VAR problem. That is just the rules of the game problem. And I think, you know, as long as VAR continues to enforce what are the rules, it's what I kind of get a bit, I find this, this discussion about um, the offside kind of VAR thing a little bit tedious now. Because it's like, well, even if he is only a fraction offside, VAR tells it's you black and white, that isn't it? it's offside, it's black and white. And if the rule is that... If any ball, um, if any attacker handles the ball um, even unintentionally during a play, you know, and that means that the goal gets disallowed, then that is the rule. VAR can only I think, enforce that. I think a big problem here is that that rule has only been objectively applied in the scenario with goals. It's mm. not been applied throughout the rest of the game because those aren't being subjective here. Yeah? So in, what we effectively get is correct decisions all the time on goals, incorrect decisions throughout the game, mm-hmm. which are down to referee's interpretation. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or you might miss something like, you definitely would miss an accidental handball like that, I would mm-hmm. think, in the majority of scenarios, which means we're having games that have been governed by two separate laws. We've got a VAR law and the referee's law. Mm. What would you, I mean, you're you, one of the biggest clubs in the Premier League. What would you like to see happen? Would you prefer them to just go back to the the intentional handball ruling or like Benjamin said ad- uh, adapt that rule for the entire game yeah I think that's a that's a good point you've mentioned there is the inconsistency you know it feels as though VAR only ever comes into play when it's in the penalty box and well, it, 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 it can only come it into play, play for a there. certain um, number of scenarios it feels though you'll see loads of different decisions kind of being mistakenly made throughout the course of the game and then you know VAR isn't the ultimate um, neutralizer it doesn't necessarily you could potentially argue back in the day that, you know, if certain decisions are going against the team's play, ultimately the referee will take that into account and that will influence uh, decisions going forward. Balances out. Balance. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think the... I, I definitely agree that the handball rule... Uh, handball? Handball rule as it currently stands is a big load of bollocks. But... Um, VAR can only do what VAR Yeah, does. and it's, it, it's the coincidence that that's been introduced at the same time as VAR, which means VAR is sort of lumped with well, it. Well... I don't know if it is a coincidence because for the, well they wouldn't not, have, well, maybe there isn't yeah because they wouldn't have if we obviously knew that VAR was coming into effect this season mm-hmm. and I think rules have been tightened up uh, to accommodate that fact it's just so there can so there can be no question of interpretation when when they're making the VR checks it can no longer be about oh did he intend it or not that's down to the referee's view they can now say well it's black and white it doesn't matter mm-hmm. we can say as a matter of fact it's a goal or it's not a goal I think that's quite intentional. I just think it's a poor decision. In terms of, of, a, in terms of a, a defensive point of view, mm-hmm. what do you think? What do you think they should do for that? Because if a ball, you know, is, is an accidental handball, I think we'll it's c- not going to be given, is I it? The VAR is not going to reverse that decision. I think players are going to have to start playing like penguins with their arms constantly strapped to the sides. I don't know how that's possible to defend like that, and not occasionally the ball accidentally mm. hit your arm. 
It's it's surreal because it's you talk about natural positions for arms when when the, when we used to discuss handballs. It's not, and yet when you're yeah, defending, it's, it's, to it's, have your arms behind your back because you're off. tracking back is is well, it's, I mean, it's not it's, natural. It's mm-hmm. a silly phrase anyway because the the act of defending in a football game is not a natural thing to do. So no. there are obviously unnatural positions that you make whilst trying to do it effectively. Do you very quickly? Do you subscribe to the opinion of the likes of Danny Murphy that you don't celebrate goals as much anymore thanks to VAR? No, I mean it's I, nonsense. That isn't it, it? It's it's stupid, and I think I get the the sympathy. Like I'd hate to be absolutely going uh, mental at like the ninety fifth minute, and then my team's just scored a goal to put us through to the uh, Champions League semifinals, and then be memed to high heaven on Twitter. The, the, like within the next few hours, because I absolutely lost my you know my my entire sense of self, and then like get caught up in the moment and you find out that it's you know you get the disappointment of VAR um I haven't found myself being measured that way no. yet I would be interested to see if that's a gradual influence <laughs> but it's you know it, it is what it is you've got to take it on the chin like you, you it's the same thing as when you used to celebrate goals that were offside and then you find out they've been ruled off so you get the ah uh, uh, you know what I mean it's it's still it's not that newer feeling mm-hmm. um and you know it's not taking the game away from fans as has been prophesied I this think weekend. we're lucky that we both support teams outside the Premier League for <laughs> the time being and well, my team, time my team rarely scores so. mm-hmm. yes yeah any goal we score is just I mean celebrated <laughs> to the, to the moon. Uh, let's move on because we can talk, let's about, talk this, about some football this handball <laughs> rule all day um we talk about promotion uh let's talk about the promoted sides because there's a chance that all three could probably stay up the season we were Tipping a couple of them, mm. arguably even all three of them potentially for the drop again. Uh, obviously, we saw yesterday Sheffield United first game back at Bramall Lane in over a decade uh, in the Premier League. Twelve years yeah. uh, against they defeated defeated Crystal Palace. Uh, we saw obviously Norwich destroy Newcastle. I want to get to the Newcastle side of things in a short while. Uh, and Villa, unfortunate to lose two one against Bournemouth. Could all the promoted sides stay up this season? Uh, I'd be surprised still. I think the from what we've seen so far, especially Norwich, are really interesting because obviously they haven't done, like we said in the, when we had the podcast a while ago, they've mm. not really done much business. They've, they're maintaining their own philosophy. Um, and while it worked against Newcastle, you could see the naivete of it when mm. they played Liverpool on the opening day of the season. You know, there is definitely a lot to admire there, but do they have the pragma- you know, the, the pragmatism to actually, you know, come up against the the bigger sides and you know really test them out um but they're definitely an exciting outfit yeah uh, sheffield in particular again it's it i feel as though we're too early to judge just yet because i think crystal palace are actual dark horse candidates for relegation they're this pretty season. I, I think they? for quite light horse candidates no, it, I, think it's... I think they kept zaha and that's a big that's obviously a big plus then you know zaha wins them it's a big gamble it it's is a big gamble they've rejected the offer in order to keep them up but i don't think zaha I mean, in two games already, he doesn't seem we've done anything. He doesn't, you know, that's the thing. He either downs tools or, you know, cracks on. And that's going to be a big um, determining factor in how Crystal Palace's season goes. But, um, I mean, it's a great win for Sheffield. Let's not, like, you know, yeah, kind of patronise what they've done not here. To, not, no pun intended, but it was yeah. a steely performance, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I, mean, I mentioned on Friday the big advantage Sheffield United would have is the Rocks atmosphere in Bramall Lane. And I think that was in, in very much in evidence yesterday. It really, it really was quite inspiring. Um, I think they thoroughly deserved the win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as you say, Steely, single goal, as expected. Very typical of the mm-hmm. way they came up. Um, I think, <laughs> not to labour the pun, but I think they have enough metal to, uh, <laughs> to withstand the course. But I still, I think ultimately, they might not have enough fi- firepower. Mm-hmm. Uh, so out of the three... Because we've seen how much Villa have spent, and yet they've lost both their both their games. I think they've been unfortunate. Yeah, Villa, um, well, I don't know if we, again I re- repeat what I said. I don't think we were necessarily unfortunate against Spurs. I think we deserved to lose. Yes. Whilst 
been impressive in places. I think against Bournemouth, they were unfortunate. Mm. Uh, I think they had something like 22 shots, a vast majority of off, uh, off target. They gave away an early penalty. There was some r- real silly defending on, on Harry ball Wilson. By goal. Harry Wilson. Yeah, but I think they, they allowed him to score yes, it in many ways. Um, yeah, I think once to find the feet a little bit, they could be quite threatening. But so far, we haven't seen it. So I, I really don't know how to judge from out you know, of the three. Who's most likely to stay up then? I don't know Norwich maybe um, I I think it's kept that unit together as long yeah. as they maintain their identity and, and they, Pookie and, doesn't get injured and Pookie doesn't get injured and they also learn when to um, be a little bit more calm and less brave um, I think that'll be a big determining factor as well. I definitely think they, they should know when they can come out and blow a side I mean, away. It's, it's but really, really admirable of Daniel Fark to continue playing the exact same style he was in the championship. That, that was really, really blistering, mm-hmm. I have to say. It reminds me of a little bit of, I don't know if this is a very fair comparison, but it reminds me of Ian Holloway and mm. Blackpool years ago who did not shirk on their style one bit. Mm. Uh, they'll be entertained. They'll certainly, yeah, they'll pick up points. I know it's, it's very easy to say on the back of one win they're going to steal, mm-hmm. especially a win against Newcastle who are a shambles. But I... I yeah, I have to echo, echo, echo the same sentiments. Um, I think that of the three, they've got enough. Tamu Pukki's uh, Q's looking really, yeah, really sharp. Any really injuries, confident. Q, Q Pukki died, died on the way back to his home planet <laughs> memes. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they look they look really, really good. Um, I think Sheffield United are just probably going to get found out. Mm-hmm. I sense that they'll get a few good results at home. I think they may struggle on their travels a little bit. I still think, despite the fact that they're the team who've got the worst record so far in terms of the promoted size, I still think Villa may... Just the, the amount of money they're throwing at the problem, it doesn't strike me as the Fulham of last season no. where no one sort of knew each other. They're slowly implementing those but, newer players. But they've got Jack Grealish. Yes. He's hexed. Indeed. <laughs> I think out of the three, I'd have to say Villa probably stay up. And Norwich... Can I, can I, I just, don't know what you have to see after about 10 games. Can I just mm. mention, by the way, Jack Grealish was one of the best players in the Championship last year. Mm. He was magnificent. He was the deciding factor in the vast majority of Villa's wins. So the more we talk about him, uh, the more Tyson becomes him. Can't wait for him to score a winning goal and get Aston Villa's yes. first victory. Well, we're still going to rely upon him for the weekend preview until, until yeah. further notice. <laughs> um, for the, we should have a... Uh, Games since Jack Grealish won, you know, like a, a time of day since last incident sign behind us. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great 
great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, let's talk about uh, Chelsea. Uh, obviously, they lost comprehensively in a game that sort of the scoreline didn't really reflect the game yeah. against Man United last weekend. Uh, this weekend, a draw against Leicester. And I don't think the scoreline reflected how good no, Leicester were. No. Um, Leicester, I, you nearly nicked it. Um, do you think, uh, well, what do you think of Chelsea's performance in that game and will they miss out on the top four this I season? I thought they were, I'm going to talk about the Super Cup very briefly because I thought they were probably the strongest side mm-hmm, yeah. um, during that. On, on Over the course of, you know, 90 minutes and extra time, I did think they were the strongest side. Um, very unfortunate not to come away, you know, and obviously it's a cup game, so you can only one side can actually come away with anything. But I did think that maybe, you know, they were a bit unfortunate mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, and they started off really strong against Leicester. Uh, Mason Mount looks a really, really tidy prospect in central midfield. Um, it's And Pedro as well looks completely uh, galvanized he's as well. He's a workhorse. He's all over the pitch. I was quite impressed to see him. Um, William looks bored as hell. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Giroud's still doing what Giroud does when being you actually gorgeous. give him a chance. Being gorgeous and yeah. actually, you know, um, doing stuff when you actually play him. Um, Leicester, again, there was a mistake from Ndidi at the start to hand... Um, Mount the the goal and then great great not only the tackle but the fact that he was you know struggling to stay on his feet. Great example of um, pressing. I think they've got if they can get the pressing right. They think you know that's an interesting thing to see from Chelsea going forward. I like Kante in that further up position Mm. as well. Uh, And again, that's something that Sarri's done. So you know maybe Sarri wasn't that bad. Just saying. And Sarri not Sarri. Sarri not Sarri. And yeah, I think defensively, kind of reminds me. Almost in a way of Brendan Rodgers' season, first season at Liverpool. There's a lot of, there's a kind of like a not an organized chaos to it. There's a lot of middling nothingness Mm. and then defensively just complete ineptitude and then some really solid attacking play. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if they sort out the defensive issues, then maybe, you know, yeah. I can't see them. Hit, making the top four this season. I've oh, said this from the beginning. And the more and more I watch them, the more of these, oh, good performance, but just didn't quite get the results. Yes, it strikes yeah. me I, I, that's going to be I their found season. This game really entertained, particularly the second half when Leicester sort of really recognised the, the deficiencies that you mentioned in Chelsea's defending, and particularly how high the, the, the back line was at mm-hmm. any given point. So susceptible to the counterattack. Now, Frank, I don't know, if, if you're playing Leicester, you know that they're their key um, strengths are Jamie Vardy's pace, James Madison's pace, uh, and, partic- and counter-attacks. And yet they repeatedly allowed them to come down those two wings. Mm. Um, Kurt Zuma had another game where he looked pretty rocky. Kepper, again, not necessarily very um, he made a comfortable howler. on his feet. Yeah, yeah he, nearly, he nearly gave it away right at the end. I actually think Leicester should have nicked it. James Madison mm-hmm. blasted over from very close range, and Jamie Vardy had a chance right at the end that he, that he, he, he sh- uh, spurned. But... Mm. Mm. And this was at home in Frank Lampard's big homecoming. Maybe he's a sense of the occasion getting the better of some of the players, but I really don't think that should be the case with the quality that they have. Mm-hmm. I, I do think other teams are going to exploit those weaknesses. Pulisic looked a little bit anticlimactic. Yeah, uh, I have to admit. flashes, I flashes of brilliance, but it's, it's it seems as though it's kind of the story that it was his last season at Dortmund as well, where it was you know I think Dortmund had probably said they've, they've done good business there. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. he's not looking like he's being the player that he was touted to be a few years ago. Um, who makes the top four for you? Uh, City, Liverpool, Spurs, and 
Arsenal? For me, it's probably City, Spurs, Liverpool and Man United. Let us know your thoughts on who makes the top four in the comment section below. But let's move on and talk finally about Newcastle United. Uh, obviously, an office full of Newcastle United <laughs> fans. Not best pleased with that performance uh, against Norwich. A token John Joe Shelby goal in that game. But they were destroyed by Pookie. I want to talk less about the Norwich performance and more about the Newcastle performance. A uh, lot of moaning I saw on social media about Jalinton. Uh, £40 million, not well spent by all accounts. Are Newcastle doomed? Because I said at the start of the season, they're going to be one of those sides even who play poorly, but uh, there are three worst teams of them in the Premier League. Who are the three worst oh, well, teams? Well, I was going to say now. Yeah. Now I look at it and I genuinely can't see one worse team than Newcastle right now. Um, yeah, for, for, for a mess, for a disgrace. Um I, c- I couldn't see anything from that match that would give me optimism whatsoever as a Newcastle fan. Good news is I'm a Middlesbrough fan, so it's <laughs> highly amusing. <laughs> um, yes, this seemed to be a complete lack of clarity running throughout the side, a lack of cohesion. They don't seem to understand what they're doing yet. You could argue Steve Bruce hasn't been at the club long. They had a, a quite cluttered pre-season. It took them a long, long time to sort out that appointment. As, and such an uninspiring appointment when it, once it finally came. Mm. So you could maybe say maybe needs a f- little more time to get things working, but it should be working better than that by this stage. Yeah, they, I mean they, you know, they they played reasonably well mm. uh, the, on the opening weekend. I and think, yeah, yeah you I think, think you know, traveling to a newly promoted side that'd be your moment to like, okay, let's really stamp our authority in the game. And they got destroyed, blown away. Yeah, defensively, completely a shambles. Uh, I don't know, Newcastle, I was, before actually going into this, I thought maybe, you know, with the loss of Perez, uh, maybe they had, and Rondon as well, maybe they had addressed some some of their, their shortcomings in the transfer market. Joelinton, even though he's not come good just yet, it was a, you know, he was an, he was an exciting prospect in the Bundesliga, kind of um, had some comparisons to Firmino in the sense that he's a bit of... But without the record. But without the record as well. Um, and, you know, I'm still... I like that San Maximan. Yes, and that's the thing I was uh, was pointed out on Match of the Day as well by Alan Shearer, that um, <laughs> the wide forwards were just nowhere near the centre forward, and it looked really... it it uh, It's hard. It's, it's a difficult thing to describe because it just looked like they were set up to actually attack, but no one yeah. was brave enough to do the attacking. Well, yeah, what I would say in Joel Linton's... Um, favor our defense is that it didn't look like anything he was like it, it didn't look like he had an opportunity no, exactly he seems to be playing in a different time zone to the rest of the side at the moment <laughs> um chatting to some of the newcastle fans in the office uh one complaint that they had is that bruce has tried to arguably build this team around someone like john joe shelby who does have flashes of brilliance and obviously scored the goal in this game but isn't enough of a talisman to really drag that team uh to where they need to be and also we're weird thing for them to say but they're almost glad of such a hammering by Norwich because they think that may be the catalyst for change no. I don't know how long <laughs> they've been supporting Newcastle for no, they must have very sharp memories if they think that because Mike Ashley does not sack managers quickly knowing how much it will cost him mm. he, he hired Steve Bruce because he was a cheap option so giving him a huge payoff after three games into the season or whatever it's, it's just not going to happen as for John Joe Shelby seems to be this misunderstanding amongst people who don't watch him regularly that he's some sort of English Andrea Perlio figure um, who can completely dictate the tempo metronomically in midfield. There's a very good reason why Gareth Southgate consistently refused to call him, recall him to the England side, why he didn't last particularly long at Liverpool, why, he's, why he was out of the team under Rafa Benitez, who I dare say is a more astute manager than Steve Bruce. Um, he's so inconsistent 
he's got a good range of passing. What else does he have? Does he have the determination midfield to keep things solid? Does he have the mentality and not go out of position? I don't think he has any of that. No. I just I, think he's got he's, he's very good in highlights. Yeah, I was literally about to say that. I, I, I remember going to watch Newcastle a couple of times last season and getting quite excited about seeing Shelby, whether he came off the bench or started for them, because I've seen him on match of the day. And you see him on match of the day, he's the only shining light in that Newcastle game. Yep. And other times, he's the one who provides for other players. And yet, when we went to watch them, he sort of disappeared for the majority of that game. Out, like, outshadowed by Longstaff, who didn't play this match. If I that's, the, that's the, yeah. that's the yeah. maddest story about yes. this weekend. So, key complaints about not starting for Newcastle last... Well, not even being in the squad for Newcastle last season. So, Steve Bruce decides he's going to drop Longstaff and put Key into the starting the, the, lineup. The frustrating thing is that, you know, Keyson Young, he's a decent, capable Premier League player. You know, he was with Swansea for, was it two, two, three years? Mm-hmm. Um, a capable player, more than, you know, um, acceptable to go into that Newcastle team. But why you drop one of your most exciting prospects who, by all accounts, has a very bright future ahead of him um, after, you know, doing a decent enough job beforehand, it's completely, you know, mind-boggling. And... It strikes me as something I'd do as a manager because I don't like compensation. Well, it feels very um, wishy-washy, very inconsistent, and it you know smacks of a lack of authority and a lack of identity, and almost like you know the lack of a bloody clue. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, you you're, you're Newcastle. You're coming to Norwich. They're a newly prom- um, promoted side. You've been in the Premier League now again for the past two years. You should be going to that fixture and looking at it as an easy three points. Mm. Not to under not to underestimate the the, no, the opposing side also. or anything, but you should definitely look at that as one of the games that after Arsenal, which you know. A very difficult home game. You should look at Norwich and go, okay, this is where we get, this is where we, we take stock of where we are and this is where we push on and actually get something from it and it just didn't have that identity. You also need convictions. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he must know who his best 11 is or he must have some semblance of an idea and apparently he's being told by his own players, actually, you're wrong, boss. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm better. I should be going, oh, all right, then yeah, you're right. Why, what's he even there for? He's mm-hmm. also apparently waiting on Dwight Gale to come back from fitness. You know, it, it, it smacks of just safety and like a, almost cowardice in a way. You know, you've got the, you've got these new signings, you know, obviously, Jolinson came in before he, the, it's, Bruce it's, was appointed, but it's, it's like... It's almost he, as if he recognises how fortunate he's been to mm-hmm. get this appointment. <laughs> mm. No, I don't, I don't want to necessarily be awful to Steve Bruce constantly because he's a nice enough man with a very <laughs> decent author of some excellent <laughs> books. But, um, <laughs> That's, uh, we've got to do a book at bedtime on, yeah, uh, on here. He's just not the right man for the right moment. And I think he's, it's, it's an uphill struggled from the very beginning and he's not started in any way in his shape or form well um, do they stay up? Uh, I'd like to say no oh, I, th- I think it's between them and Palace as well I think I think I, I don't know I, just, I see them too as potentially being in the relegation I think Newcastle Burnley, more I think, so I think Burnley are going to Burnley are definitely the as well and I'll be glad to see the back of them as well because mm-hmm. I just can't be yes. with Sean Dyche Sean Dyche Sean Dyche bad word said against Sean well Dyche. it's just Chesterfield's you love FA worms Cup. as well do you Chesterfield's FA Cup semi-final captain again again against Arsenal the lost and it's the same old refrain as well I don't like to complain about referees but and it's like he every moans week. so much yeah. <laughs> he's so bad Sean Dyche is like low-key one of the most annoying figures in the Premier League currently just complains all the time. We're going to move on. I'm not going to have bad words said about him <laughs> around here. Uh, very quickly, uh, Wolves-Man United tonight. What, what do you see happening in that game? Um, as I said, I think it's going to be a high-scoring draw. Mm. Or t- t- a two-all, maybe even a three-all. I think it's going to I think it's going to be quite in a ten. I was going to say two-all as well. I think Wolves are very exciting outfit. Again, obviously, they, they came away. Uh, they knocked uh, Man United out of the uh, yeah, FA Cup last yeah. season. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely a fixture. They could potentially even win. Uh, I know we've made a big deal out of Man United's business over the summer. Um, I still think we're still yet to see the full results of that business, whether, mm-hmm. you know, 
it, you know, it's fair enough playing against Chelsea, but you know, you want to see the consistency now. So, is, is yeah, it just more of a test this than Chelsea in a weird sort of way. Yes, because Chelsea are definitely in a period of transition, whereas Wolves, you could say they've got an established identity. And they I have do, I do think Wolves, seasons. I do think Wolves more effective away from home. Mm. I think that's something they'll really have to improve on this year. What an exciting game! Hopefully, loads of goals in there. Q nil nil. Very, very, very. Finally, how was your fantasy football this week? I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, I th- absolutely I th- no idea. Quite low scoring. I think it was like forty something points. I just I chickened out on getting Pookie in my team. Me too. I should have done it. I was I was I did not have the guy to put it through. I also had Salarin, even though I should have had Marley. And so one yeah. final thing, if if people are interested in Serie A fantasy, oh here we go. Mario Balotelli has joined Brescia. Has he? Yeah. <laughs> on a free I just think that's it's a really nice. exciting <laughs> lovely purchase I really want to continue Balotelli watch on this channel <laughs> uh, right let us know your thoughts on this weekend's Premier League games and that nonsense handball rule in the comment section below or on Twitter at WhatCultureFC in fact watch there follow all three of us you can follow you and Patterson at you and Ruins Things you can follow Benjamin Richardson at um, BR3Bud you can follow me at Adam Wilburn as I said follow us all at WhatCultureFC and make sure you like share and subscribe of course my thanks to Benjamin and to you and thank Good. you for watching and we will see you soon Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.